Hello all, this is Artie Kulik, the host of the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, today was a day. Today, after the, the summer of Ty, the summer of me doing music, the summer of Tina doing back-to-back podcasts, today we were going to get back to normal. But I'm going to go in a little bit of a story here at the beginning. It's just me again, and I'm going to teach you guys about how to be a good, moral, and alive person today, because I think that's a great way to end off this incredible summer of just us. Actually, what really happened is there's a big election here where I live on Tuesday, and we're in the final days of the election, and then I, my wife and I decided, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go on vacation. And look, I'm not a candidate. I'm not somebody on the ballot, but it's a good time to get away. So I told Ty, I've got all this work to do. I was going to probably do back-to-back, just re-release old podcasts. And I thought, no, after everything going on, after all the the noise of politics and everything like that, I wanted to do one more podcast of just just you and I, just myself in the audience, and do something that means a lot to me to go back to a 1980s thing, something that I don't think Tina truly understood because she didn't watch the, the crap that I watched in the 1980s. And Ty definitely didn't understand because he learned his lessons in cartoons through the cartoons themselves, through things like Rugrats or Recess or yeah, well, any of those types of shows, where for me in the 1980s, they, there was like PSAs everywhere, okay? And it was a time that I go back and I think about how, how scary everything always was. You could start with something like The Day After, where the movie that uh, some Kansas town got nuked and President Reagan it told everybody in America, we have to watch it. And I remember thinking, are, are we just all going to get nuked one day? Or you had the guy that does America's Most Wanted, his son Adam, was was kidnapped and was 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 killed. And that's what led his father on this, this crusade. I mean, these were things that were always in our mind, like somebody's, you're going to get kidnapped or somebody's going to molest you. Or I mean, I remember years later, a teacher in my middle school was in trouble for molesting some kids. I never knew anyone. It never happened to me personally, but these things always seemed around. And then the big one, drugs. And we're going to talk a lot about drugs in this episode today. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to give you guys a taste of some of the PSAs that I really remember. And obviously, I remember the cartoon ones more than anything. I'm going to save that for the second half because I just, especially you guys that are, that follow this show that are my generation, Generation X, you're going to remember. The moment I start playing these, you're going to remember and you're going to be transported back to this dark, dystopic time of the 1980s. And those of you that are Ty's age, is like, really? You guys, I, I thought that was all BS. I thought that was all made up. And I'm going to tell you, I'm proud. I'm really, I think it's a humdinger. I, this is going to be one walk down memory memory lane that you're going to be a little scared, but you're going to be like, Cub, you know what? That was a good one. So let's paint a picture of what the 1980s looked like. We had these TV shows, and there were some, I mean, I'm not going to go into the full talk of it. Maybe one day when I talk about G.I. Joe to tie, I'll talk, get more into it. But there was basically a rule was passed to say, if you're going to basically have commercials on there, have the Super Choco Bot action hour or whatever. You're going to have to attach some kind of educational thing, teach the kids a lesson. And some cartoons had lessons taught into them. But the big one was obviously the end of the episode PSA, where the character would say, in today's episode, this happened, this is what it all means. And it usually barely related. But when I was growing up and I was watching these shows, I would go home, I'd I'd rush home on a weekday to watch things like G.I. Joe or Voltron. And on the weekends, there was 
all sorts of Saturday morning cartoons, Saturday morning shows. I think I talked on a podcast recently about going back and collecting some old comic books from the 80s I have and just seeing the advertisements in there. Alf, Smurfs, the Mr. T show, which we're going to talk a lot of tea in this episode. And then there became these things like the, uh, you know, we obviously have uh, Now You Know, Knowing's Half the Battle, but NBC had those More You Know or One to Grow On, something like that. So these were all around us in every way. And some of them were like, brush your teeth, you know, just make sure you brush your teeth or be nice to your parents or uh, one, I'm not going to play, but just these adults telling this poor little girl she's the worst human being on the world and the tear in her eye. And it's like, be careful what you say. I obviously that wasn't uh, geared towards me. It was geared towards my parents, but I don't know if my parents were really watching it. So let's talk about what this atmosphere looked like. Now, one of the big things we were getting really concerned about in the 1980s, believe it or not, was the environment. We were afraid that there were things we were doing to the environment that just were not good. And we had the the ozone hole. I saw this great tweet the other day where someone said, remember when they were scaring us with the ozone hole and they're not using that anymore? And it's like, yeah, we knew what the problem was. The reason why you don't go to McDonald's, get everything in styrofoam containers is because we stopped that in the 1980s and it helped solve the ozone hole problem. But the first ad I want to play for you is is a banner. It's a classic. It's a, it's the Woodsy Alley, Woodsy Owl TV public service announcement. And this actually even goes back earlier. The first Woodsy Owl, uh, Woodsy Owl, Woodsy Owl was in 1977. But the one I'm going to play, this probably has a bit more of a tune you remember. Hi, I'm Woodsy Owl. In order to try and stop pollution, we need more help. So help Woodsy spread the word. Come on, never be a dirty bird. No matter where you go. You can let some people know to give a hoot, don't pollute, never be a dirty bird. In the city or in the woods, help keep America looking good. Help keep America looking good. Give a hoot, don't pollute. I mean, I hadn't thought about that ad in a while until I was doing research on this, and I came across it, and I was like, oh, man, that's a great one. I, I mean, I remember that well. And it really kicked off this concept, this idea of don't don't pollute don't litter don't do any of this other stuff some of these i'm going to play later they had they would all have littering ones in there and it became this kind of we started to get very hyper aware i think about this a lot of ways i just over the summer with one of the podcasts the other podcasts i worked with an intern working with me and she's a 20 year old student and she's like you know nobody seems to care about the environment and i'm like i'm 47 and i care about the environment and now I want to go send her Woodsy Owl. Woodsy Owl. I'll get it right one day. Because give a hoot, don't pollute. So the environment was one thing. But I talked about the case of Adam. And I talked about it. There's a really big push of, you know what, kids? Don't. Uh, look, let me. Okay, let me go back a little bit here. We're getting to an era where we have a lot of kids who are maybe part of a broken home. They have one parent that works. So you had a lot of us as kids, we were the, called the latchkey kids. We were at home, but we were out playing with our friends or doing this or just walking around, maybe walking back from school. And inevitably, we were always waiting for that creepy, creepy guy, creepy guy in a car, creepy guy in a van that's going to try to pick us up and then we're going to disappear forever. I mean, there was a McGruff the Crime Dog one I'm not going to play, whereas all these kids play and he's like, 60 kids are going to get kidnapped this year and all the kids in the playground disappear. 
And again, mind you, I'm like 12, 13 years old while I'm watching my, this stuff. But one in particular I want to play just really brought home the entire terror of the weird man in the car. You've taught your children to be polite and friendly, but have you taught them when not to be? Hi there. Do you live around here? Uh-huh. You going to school? Yes. Well, uh, I, I could give you a ride. Last year, 50,000 children disappeared, many of them from nice, safe neighborhoods. It's okay. Come on, help me Talk out. to your children about not talking to strangers and do it today. A message for your child's safety from the American Medical Association. Now, I'm going to tell you the creepiest thing about that ad, other than the dude like, oh, come on in, come on, here, here, here is the the ad or the PSA or whatever ends with the girl still standing there in the street. Nobody else around just staring. Actually, I'm sorry. I look at it again. There's some people like or other kids in yards up again, but staring like considering getting in the car. I mean, this was this was a real terror. <laughs> I mean, for me, I can at least speak for me. That I was just going to get kidnapped one day. I mean, just a real. And look, I am. I'm. I know. I'm. I'm trying to bring a little levity and stuff to it. And, but this was. This was serious. This was scary, scary, scary stuff. I remember being. This was when I was adult in St. Louis. But I remember a, a kid had had disappeared. So this has been early 2000s or something. And I was going to Jack in the Box, and I saw somebody who was like, you know, please help us find so and so. And I, I re- just had this. Sick feeling, just sick, sick feeling that that kid is probably dead or just whatever is horrible happening. Years later, the kid was found. The kidnapper basically had for a couple of years whatever torture or hell or anything that kid was going through, but he was still alive. And the the police obviously arrested the guy. The kid got brought back to his family. And I remember part of me thinking, my God, I mean – Amazing is alive, but what what the hell happened those few years? And just a scariness to it. So again, I'm trying to be a little light here, but this was a real thing, okay? This was a real, real terror. And it's to the point, it's just coded into us. I don't know if my parents had to tell me all the time, don't take rides from strangers or whatever, but this just real thing in there that people of my age group, it was something that was heavily being embedded into us. I'm going to play something similar in the second half from a cartoon. They were really trying to get this message across. And so, yes, yes, don't get in a car with a stranger. I am 100% pro for that message. Now, another thing that I almost completely forgot about until I started to, when I was doing the research, I started to come across these ads. And these were from the Church of Latter, uh, Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. And I found there was a bunch of different ads, and they're all these, like, wholesome ads about, you know, be, parents talk with your kids, and kids remember the good times you have with your parents, and all these other things. But I'm not going to make any judgments or pass anything here upon, uh, on the Mormons. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, a very, very large Mormon population. There's nothing that I can particularly say without going through an entire academic dissertation about it. But it's one of these things where, hey, they're like, they're trying to advertise their church, what their church is, everything out there. But there's this just pure weird wholesomeness about Mormons. And I think we get a lot of that from these ads back then. Now, again, I grew up in St. Louis. I'm sure these ads played everywhere. But this one is about a minute long. You just got to just hear it, understand what its lesson is, and then hear and remember that catchy jingle at the end. One, two, three, one, two. My necklace. 
where's my necklace? It, it was here just a minute ago. Has anybody seen my necklace? No. No. Come on, Marianne. She wants us now. I'm coming. I feel so dark inside. I'm really sorry. That's okay. If you want to be someone special, be someone honest. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. Okay. <laughs> Since you're listening and not watching, it was a young girl who's just singing that banner of a tune how she stole this one girl's necklace and the one girl's looking for it. And as the one girl, the older girl goes out to do her thing, she, you know, thinks and sings her song. And then she's like, I don't know, has her come to Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints moment and says, oh, I'm so sorry. And the other girl's like, oh, that's okay. That's cool. And it's like, oh, if you're gonna be someone good, be someone honest. This little girl's not honest. Okay. She might've been honest in that moment, but she still went and stole this girl's necklace. All right. We need to kind of talk about that, okay? I mean, I can't go steal a car and then just bring it back and be, dude, I'm really sorry I just stole your car. And then, oh, right, that's cool. At least you're honest. No, I'm not honest. I committed a crime, all right? But the other thing I wanted to say about that, because it was just this reflexive memory when you hear whatever lesson it was, is like, be somebody good, be somebody honest. And then from the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, it's just like this, this piece, this... This piece of American literature, this short piece of American prose that just all rolled together. And I, as we sit here, as I sit here, you go, you look up, there were tons of these ads. I mean, tons of them. And now there's none. I don't know, maybe there is some, but it is. It gives you, there was one with all these kids talking about all these kids on the sports team, like what their best game ever. And this one kid's like, oh, it was the first street classic. Oh, who played in that? Me and my dad. Who won? Oh, we never kept scoring. They're like, oh, it's just this pure... American wholesomeness and good, bad, or otherwise, I think that's why people have this wholesome view of who the Mormons are. So I guess I could say the ad campaign was successful. I guess I can say that. But yeah, come on, little girl, you still stole. You got to pay for your crime. So let's talk drugs. Now, I was absolutely beyond a shadow of the doubt terrified of the weirdo dude in the car offering me a ride home. Drugs, I was like, yeah. And I'm not going to play that this is your brain, is your brain on drugs, because it's more of a visual thing. It's a, the egg, all that other stuff, which I remember really well. Or just because it's it's so ear-shattering, but Pee Wee Herman saying, this is crack cocaine, and it's going to kill you. And all that. I mean, these are some of the famous ones, but I am going to start off, because I got a trio of these here, to just give you a flavor of the anti-drug message of the 1980s. This first one is instantly recognizable. It's yours? No, I just... mother said she found it in your closet. I don't know, one of the guys must have... Must have what? Look, Dad, it's Where not... did you get it? Dad, Answer I... me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You are right. 
I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. So there, there it is. If you, as a parent in the 1980s, had used drugs, if you had remembered your good old hippie days, if you were watching the big chill and deciding to have a joint or something like that, your kids were getting into drugs. And that's what he had. He had, it was like a box of, you know, rolled marijuana joints or something like that. I, I don't know what it was. But okay, a few things. I'm trying, I mean, obviously an iconic ad, but what's it telling you? I mean, is it telling you that if you smoke pot, your kids are going to probably smoke pot? And is that a problem? Now, this dude looks like he could have gotten into a little of the adult. It looks like he could have gotten into a little of the cocaine. And maybe if the kid was all, you know, railed out on cocaine or something, it has a little bit more of an impact. But again, I don't, is somebody is a parent, and maybe the 1980s were different for parents. You guys tell me. But if a parent, uh, husband and wife are getting high at the end of the night, and look, I, I'm going to do a, a little thing here. It's not my thing. I mean, I went to college in the 1990s, so it'd be ridiculous for me to say I never tried marijuana, but it's just not my thing. I don't like smoke in my mouth. That's my thing. I mean, it's uh, I didn't, never really liked cigars. I never was a cigarette smoker or anything like that, but it's still, I have no problem. I know tons of people. I still know tons of people that do it, and it's maybe I'm a bad parent or whatever, but whatever expectation I have for my kid or all this other stuff, I want him to be safe. I want to do that. I sure as hell don't want him getting in the car of some creepy dude. But this, I, I just don't know what the impact of this ad is other than being kind of a joke. And it's iconic. And I think it's iconic because we think it's funny, but let's get something straight here. Okay. Drugs are serious business, all right, no matter what. And even today, I was listening to the news and somebody, some congressman in my area was talking about just fentanyl and how a girl had some, in high school, bought some like Xanax from somebody, but there's traces of fentanyl on it. She took it and she died. I mean, I don't know if it's a scaremongering story or what, but drugs, drugs are scary stuff, okay? They are very scary stuff. I grew up in the era, again, 1980s, Len Bias. Len Bias was going to be a superstar, Night of Cocaine's dead. And that's what he's remembered for forever. And I, I had that in my, my rearview mirror. So to me, the drug ads, not the Pee Wee Herman one, but the ones that really spoke to me are when my heroes, the people I look up to, they flat out told me, this is what's going to happen. And I'm going to start with what I believe is the conscious, uh, conscience, sorry, I can't speak tonight, of my generation. And that is the one and the only Mr. T. I get angry just thinking about it makes me mad. Little kids doing drugs, it turns my stomach. That stuff hurts. It stops you from living up to your potential. It holds you back. It hurts the user. It hurts his family. And it hurts his friends. I just want to shake some sense into you kids that are using drugs and think about using it. So remember, don't or else. Okay? All right, you got that? Don't or else. And... Because a couple of things, because you guys are listening to this, not watching this, but at the beginning when he gets mad, he crushes a glass of milk in his hand. And then when he's sitting there yelling at you and he says, don't do it, he's shaking the camera and the camera falls like he's shaking you and you fall to the ground. <laughs> and he smiles and says, okay, goddamn right, Mr. T, okay, I, I won't take drugs. I'm just not going to do it. You told me it get, it, you get mad about it. Everybody else gets mad. I do not want Mr. T mad at me because he will crush milk and he will shake me to the ground. 
but that's not the thing that scared me is straight. So I uh, sometime in the 1980s or whatever, I'm sitting there playing Mario Brothers and Mario's taking his mushrooms and shooting fire. And I'm thinking, you know, if I just took some mushrooms and did some crack, even though Pee Wee told me not to and did all this stuff, I could be super, super Mario Brothers or super, super Mario Brother. But then what happens when Mario, also known as Captain Lou Albano, talks to you about drugs? Now, this one, th- this is such a capper to end this first half on because, look, if you're looking at, you're thinking right now of doing drugs, you're thinking of putting that heroin needle in, I want you to listen to this, okay? Because Captain Lou is going to set you straight. But at no time, and you'll hear, does he identify himself as Mario? But while he does this ad, and it, was, it like ran, I think, in local TV or something like that, while he does this ad, he's wearing a red cap with an M in it in the Mario logo. And Captain Lou did play Mario in the live-action parts of the Super Mario cartoon show. But he's going to set you straight. So again, before you do those drugs, before you mimic your your father, before you do any of that stuff, and you're not afraid of Mr. T like I am, I want you to hear what Captain Lou has to say. I'm Captain Lou Albano talking to you about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Please. Okay, are you clear? If you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. I don't know where you go after you die, but... So many things are great about that. Again, he is wearing a Mario cap and they're playing some kind of balderized Mario theme song in the background. But he is damn straight with you. If you do drugs, you are going to go to hell and then you are going to die. That's it. That's that's, Captain Lou. I'm here. I'm here because I don't want to go to hell before I die. That's what I'm here for. So, so thank you and thank all of these ads for, except for that stupid, I learned it from you ad for letting me help the earth and not getting into weirdo cars and anything like that. But man, just, yeah, that, that is, that's the lesson. But the, those, those lessons, yeah, they scared me and did this, but these were not my main teachers. These were like the substitute teacher that had one good moment. My main teachers were the cartoons. And so after I take a break here, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how I learned to be a good person through the power of G.I. Joe, Mask, Care Bears, and any other maddening creation that's just trying to sell me something. So I'll see you at the other end. Hello all, this is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about another podcast that I do work on called High Heels in Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed uh, a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of this state, she's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because she talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Uh, Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer 
when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week, and it's an incredibly great conversation. And if you're interested or know anybody that may be on High Heels in Politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, everyone. Let's talk a little bit about a little bit about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, I could give you close to an hour of discussion on it. Just go back and listen to our old podcast as I tell Ty about the history of it. But He-Man, I referred earlier how these cartoon shows they had to have a life life. They had to basically show there was some kind of educational lesson, and there was like some organization that put together. It was like through Harvard, I believe, or something. You can go check out Wikipedia, but they would put together these lessons for kids. And I'm going to play some one of my all-time favorites at the end from my all-time favorite cartoon, the one that probably is most associated with this concept of PSAs. But they were in a lot of these cartoons. And, you know, they lasted through a lot of the 80s. People parody them today. There was a G.I. Joe Saturday Morning Adventures cartoons uh, uh, comic book. There's four of them. And at the end of each one was a parody of a PSA. I mean, it is... It is a very well-known trope of that time period. Now, back to He-Man here. He-Man would do these things, and like one example was Skeletor wanted some gem that whenever he would use it, it would give him what he wants, his own Infinity Gauntlet or something like that. And at the end of the episode, because it's Skeletor getting bad guy thing and He-Man beats him, and at the end of the episode, He-Man's like, Skeletor tried to get what he wants the short way, and you probably know people that do that, but you know, you got to work hard for your things. Look, that's not what that episode was about, all right? Okay, it was Skeletor doing Skeletor crap, and you're just trying to shove something down. Or there was another one about somebody drinking a magic potion, and Orko's like, magic potions don't exist in your world, but drugs do. Uh, Another one of my favorite ones is about a tree, and Tila was like, He-Man almost had to chop down a tree in today's episode, but your world, trees don't talk yet. I mean, I don't know if that was a warning or what, but If you go through and you Google He-Man PSAs, you're going to come across this particular one, okay? And I wanted to start off with this just so you understand you just watched a He-Man cartoon, okay? Weirdo Skeletor, his people, this is a PSA with He-Man and She-Ra, so it might have been a crossover. But you have Beast Man in it, or you have the Horde, or, or whatever it is. You have this weird, crazy world of swords and spaceships and lasers and all of that stuff. And you sit through it, and you're like, man, that was cool. And then you get hit with this. Shira and I want to talk to you about something that's very personal. Your body. Remember, it's your body and no one should touch you in a way that you feel is wrong. I'll get anybody who tries it. It's not that easy, Orko. It's hard for a young person to admit that he or she has been touched in a bad way. If you've been touched that way, don't be ashamed. Tell someone you trust, like your parents, your doctor, your teacher, or counselor, or your minister or rabbi. Right, Orko? Right on! Did you get it? Before I go into my bad comedy here, it is very important message. I mean, incredibly important. And I think it was bold as hell to put that on a kid's cartoon, much less a He-Man cartoon. It was bold as all get out. And I love, too, how, you know, Captain Lou talks about go talk to your priest or your rabbi. And then He-Man and Shira are like, Go talk to your priest or rabbi or counselor. I. It is such an important and such a great message. But again, this is probably something the kid's watching with his parents not in the room. And maybe that's the point. 
but it was I just I, I don't know I, I I don't maybe I've blocked that memory out of my head but I don't know how I'd feel after watching a ripping He-Man adventure and then that happened and again that is such such an important message I mean such an important message and you know God's bless those people at Filmation for doing that and it just wow I mean it, yeah wow <laughs> that's all I can, all I can say. I mean, I don't obviously because not only is it a more of a visual thing to see, but it's also in another language. But when I talked about the Smurfs, when I was talking to Ty about the Smurfs, and said there's this like Belgian ad where bombs are dropping on the Smurfs village, and there's a baby covered in blood just screaming at the end of it. I mean, look, that He Man thing maybe not that bold, but it's in the same ballpark, people. But yes. Such an important message. It just, uh, just, I mean, it's something I'd expect after like a Punky Brewster or something like that. But He Man, way to go, He Man. Way to go, Shira. I'll give it up to you guys. I will also say in the 1980s, we had um, obvious messages, or I, I don't know what it is. Is again, the whole like, there's a whole Mr. Badmouth thing, brush your teeth, all this other stuff. Well, there was a Care Bear show. And I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to sit here and be out macho, everybody. But I don't watch the Care Bears, okay? So I didn't really get this message. But when you go through these, uh, these Care Bears things, there's no bad touching or anything like that in there. But they're kind of like, I don't know, obvious messages. Like, do the Care Bears live in a world where everybody's a complete jerkwad? I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they went to the future and looked at where we're at now. But I want to give you an idea of exactly the kind of lessons the Care Bears were trying to impart on people because I really believe the creators of this show thought the jerkiest of jerk kids were watching it and they needed these lessons. The Care Bears share a lesson in caring. This is for you. I made it. A present? Well, it's not my birthday. I know. I just felt like giving you a present because you're such a nice person. Thank you, dear. It's lovely. You don't need a special occasion to show someone that you care about them. Remember... Showing someone you care paints a happy picture. <laughs> I don't know what the hell the Care Bearer's use was in this one. And again, we'll talk about use when we talk about G.I. Joe. But this little girl's just like, hey, this is, and it was a little African-American girl and this old white lady. So, you know, it's not like her mom or girl. Well, I mean, okay, you assume it's 1980s people. All right, give me a break. And she's like, hey, I drew you this picture. And she's like, well, that's nice, but you didn't have to give me it. It's not my birthday. And she's like, I just said it to be cool. And then the Care Bear comes out and like, yeah, it's cool to share. No kidding, Care Bear. The girl just did it. She's doing your damn job, okay? I don't know why you're there. I don't know what your purpose is. It's There's another one about littering where one kid's like throws garbage on the ground. And the other kid's like, hey, why are you littering? And it's like, it's not my neighborhood. And the kid's like, you shouldn't litter in other neighborhoods. And the Care Bear comes up and says, yeah, you shouldn't litter in other neighborhoods. I don't know what their damn purpose is here, okay? Obviously, these people are doing okay. They understand, you know, that, that this is the way life is. It's good. I don't know why this weird-ass bear has to come and say, hey— Let's be cool. Yeah, we get a Care Bear. We're cool. So anyways, all right, go on. I talked in the first half about some of these programs, the things like the the more you know or the the one to grow on. That's the one I'm going to specifically talk to talk about is the one to grow on. Now, in the 1980s, Mr. T had a cartoon. It was like this. He led this team of athletes or something, and they would, during the course of each episode, they would learn a lesson, but there wasn't like a whole, you know, Mr. T says, you got to learn to be nice to people or something like that. It's terrible, Mr. T. I get it. But you guys just 
feel lucky I'm not doing my Cockney accent. But they had these these one to grow ons, and they were the stars of the day that would do them, and they'd be after these cartoons on Saturday morning. And so I want to play another one from Mr. T here because Mr. T, I'm going to say it for the second time, is the conscience, I think I got it right that time, of Generation X. So without further ado, here's T. And I'll be right back. We won the Grow Strike three, you're out! No, I'm not! You're crazy, that was strike three. That's it, Kaplooey, you're gone! I deserve another pitch! Yeah, like you deserve another brain. I'm gonna take my stuff and go home! Someone's acting like a chump. Who said just because you brought the ball that you get to make the call? Even Mr. T doesn't call all the shots. When you're part of a team, and I know something about teams, you got to work together. Sports should be fun and having a good time and learn to play together. That's it. You know if you take the ball and leave, you're ruining everyone's fun, including your own. It's that simple. Hey, Jimmy, aren't you going to take the other base too? I would if I could carry them all. Then why not leave it and play the game? You'll get another turn at bat. Okay, but I still think I didn't strike out. And that's one to grow. All right. <laughs> Both of the kids in our little play here are, they're a-holes. <laughs> I mean, they are. I mean, the, again, you guys didn't get to see it like I did, but the kid strikes out, the little kid like strikes out and the big kid who's calling the game. And he, the little kid grabs all the bases because he brought all the bases. And he's going to go home. But let's be honest, the big kid's not that great either. He's kind of a jerk, too. He's kind of making it more. And look, T, I get, you know, don't be a chump. Just because I brought the ball doesn't mean I get to make the call. But, I mean, it doesn't give the other kids being a chump, too. Okay, Mr. T, you got to call that kid out. You got to say, look, just because you got the voice doesn't make you the choice or whatever it is. It's, uh, I... Man, were we just the worst in the 1980s? Were we just the worst kids ever? It's amazing to me. But uh, but again, T's right. I mean, he I, maybe he didn't go as far as I wanted him to go, but he's right. T's right about that, okay? Be a good sport. Even though that kid at the end is well, still in the biggest strike, oh, you know, good for you, Stan, but, but at least you're going to get another at bat, which you're probably going to strike out on. So, hey, what am I going to say? Now, I talked about the show a couple of weeks ago, the show Mask, which was like a cross between low-grade G.I. Joe and low-grade Transformers. And like, I remember watching the show as a kid, but I didn't realize like how in-depth it really went into for such a, kind of really a, well, come on, silly concept. And what am I saying here, Cub? Of course, we're all talking about silly concepts, but this, I, it just, you know, it wasn't, the show wasn't G.I. Joe, it wasn't Transformers, it wasn't any of those other things, but they still were trying to do their PSAs also. And, again, this is a show about, there's, the bad guy team is called Venom, which is, I will say once again, an awesome uh, team name for a bad guy team, but they're, you know, Venom's a bad guy, things like that, but again, they're trying to teach these kids lessons, and I go, there's that American Medical Association ad I played in the front about, or the first half about the little girl and the guy trying to get in the car. But again, this was a terrifying time. That was, again, one of the things outside of the Russians nuking me 
one of my biggest, biggest fears at all. And even Mask played up on that fear. So I want you to hear this PSA. Hey, look, Dad. Champ's hitchhiking. He'll get to the soccer field way before us. Maybe, but maybe not. Hitchhiking is dangerous. You never know who's going to pick you up. The person who picks him up could be a Venom agent. Or worse, a child molester. Hey, Jeff, how about walking to the game with us? Dad, when it comes to hitchhiking, I say thumbs down. Okay, I'm going to give this PSA all the credit in the world here, along with the He-Man one. Not only did they say, look, it could be a Venom agent, or even worse, a child molester. He just laid it out there for you right there. Because that's worse than a Venom agent. Dudes that want to take over the world with like helicopters that turn into jets and like Jeeps that turn into boats and was motorcycles that turn into helicopters or whatever. There's something worse than that. And that's a child molester. And I need the, the mask team and Venom to team up and get rid of all the child molesters. So I give them that. But also, what kids like. So first off, the one kid's like, hey, I'm going to get to the ball field. I'm going to go hitchhike. And the other kid's like, wow, he's going to get there faster. And his dad is like, dude, <laughs> okay, I mean, no, he's not. He is going to get the bad touch. He's going to be with the weirdo guy. And this is what's going to happen to him. You kids need to know that. Don't hitchhike to the ball field. And then I love how he's like, hey, why don't you walk with us? And the kid who has already opened the door walks away from the car, closes the door. I mean, going back, first off, that dude the the kid's dad, I think it was Matt Tracker or whatever. He he needs to get that license plate down and he needs to get his his whatever vehicle that turns into whatever other vehicle and he's go throw that dude in prison. I mean, that needs to be the, be the next PSA. But hey, we're here to learn and we know there is something worse than Venom agents and it's a child molester. And I'm all on board for that. I'm all on board for the knowledge of that, not on board, you know, anyways. All right, let's talk about the big one, okay? G.I. Joe. Now, I've told this story a few times, so bear with me. I'm going to tell it again. I remember watching G.I. Joe as a kid, and then during the dawn of the YouTube era, things like that, somebody had taken all the G.I. Joe PSAs, and they created these funny little cartoons, these funny weird skits out of it, even to the point Super 7 put out a couple of their figures, you know, one of Roadblock, I'm a body massager, or Mutton Junkyard, I'm a computer. They they come from all of this stuff. But the G.I. Joe PSAs, they had, a, there wasn't a unique one for every episode, but they had a group of them together, and it, it existed in this world where all these kids that make terrible decisions live near this military base, the, the pit, the G.I. Joe base. And the G.I. Joe people just randomly, you know, I I read this is back when Cracked was cool, but I read this old Cracked article about the worst cities in the world. And number one was Gotham City because they're like, Batman's not a superhero. You know, well, he's not, you know, doesn't have superpowers. So whatever he finds just some rando crime to stop, that crime's going on everywhere all the time. So I'm thinking wherever this military town is in the G.I. Joe world, it's got the dumbest kids on the entire planet. And you have a variety of kids who are going to stay in swimming in a lake even though there's lightning. And then it just happens to be Deep Six, who's a deep sea diver, sitting in the bottom of this lake waiting for, I don't know, kids to come swim. Problematic. I'm not the first to say that, I know. Or you have you know kids that are playing a construction site and Lady J just shows up. Or power lines are down and Roadblock just shows up. But I got to say, of all of these, my favorite 
is this one I'm about to play because not only is it my favorite PSA, and I'll explain why at the end, it's got my favorite G.I. Joe character in it, and that's Shipwreck. So uh, get a load of this. I'm running away from home. My parents are mean. Where will you go? Oh, I'm not sure, but I'll show them. That's right. You'll show them how mean you can be. Shipwreck! Isn't it better to try to solve problems instead of running away from them? I could try talking to my parents again. Yeah, tell them how you feel. And remember, running away. leads nowhere. Now I know. And, and knowing, knowing is half, half the battle. G.I. Joe! It's uh, the National Child Safety Council. That was the group that put all those together. So I'm going to tell you <laughs> a few things about this one. I like the whole... The one the, these kids are are it's the middle of winter and they're in this forest okay and there's no leaves or anything on the trees and he's like one I don't know how they got there I don't know what the conversation was while they go to the middle of this dead forest but the one kid's like I'm gonna run away from home because my parents are mean and the other kid's like yeah that sounds cool to me and then shipwreck who you know most of these things the GI Joe character has something to do with whatever the PSA is. So like I said about the lake deep six, he's a water Joe, or there's one where like, Oh, I'm not feeling good. I'll go get dad's medicine. So doc, he shows up and says, Hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Or some girl who's upset about something. So one of the GI Joe girls, Scarlet comes and says, Hey, you know, this is what you got to do. Be cool. Shipwrecks a sailor. What's he doing in the middle of a dead forest in winter? That's the first thing I got to ask. It's just strange. Strange. And I love, too, because this is why I love Shipwreck, because the great thing about these PSAs is these Joes are so true to their characters, is he doesn't tell the kid, hey, you know, how are you going to survive? What are you going to do all this other stuff? Your parents are going to be sad. These people are going to be sad. He says, yeah, go run away and show them how mean you are. He just freaking gut punches the kid. (laughs) And that's why I never ran away from home. (laughs) I don't need some sailors showing up in the middle of Missouri to telling me I'm a jerkwad. And uh, so I want, I want to, I, I know I'm making fun of this and it is fun. It's nostalgic, but I, it left an impact on me. All of these left an impact on me. When I went back to watch the old GI Joe cartoons, when they were first streaming on Netflix 10, 11 years ago, they didn't have the PSAs to them. And I was really kind of bummed out. I was really disappointed. And then I got them, I got the DVD set, and they have all the PSAs on some of the DVDs, and it, it was cool. And I'm going to give a shout out to another podcast I listened to, Joe on Joe. He covered all the Sunbow cartoons, and then afterwards he covered the PSAs and just talked about them and what they meant and you know the lessons they were teaching us. And look, everything I went through except the whole I learned it from you, Dad, these are all great lessons. They really are. They're important lessons. And I'm lucky, those of you guys that remember, we're lucky to be alive at this time, that we could be totally entertained and then have somebody tell us at the end, don't let adults touch you where they're not supposed to be touching you. Don't be taking drugs because T's going to get you. Or Captain Lou slash Mario's going to make you go to hell before you die. I mean, oh, also the Care Bear stuff, that was crap too. I mean, come on, what, what is your point? These people are already living good lives. A tea telling me I'm a chump, all this other stuff. It, it, these things stuck with me. And in some ways, I could say it made me a better parent. In some ways, I could say growing up in the hell of the 1980s it prepared me for the hell of the 2020s. Or I can say, thank you, mom and dad, for not only keeping me safe, but allowing TV to teach me these valuable lessons. So there. 
uh, like I said, guys, we're going to be off next week. I'll put up an older podcast, something that's going to be great, something that you know, you're going to love. And then his triumphant return after his summer tour, after going and guesting on other podcasts like Chucklehead Chat. I'm going to bring Ty back. And man, it's going to be a banner we're going to be hitting here because he's going to have to hear for the next few months. If he doesn't pick the damn Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl, he's going to have to hear it from me. So there. That, that's what we have coming up here. So look forward to that. Now, also... Go to our Patreon. Love the love the support we have, but go to our Patreon. It, it helps me keep tie in here and get this great content and everything. And uh, with all that being said, we thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may use to listen to the X Millennial Man podcast? Remember, we are here every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. So don't get in the bad car. Don't do the bad drugs. Do the okay drugs if you want to. Share. Even if Angel Hernandez gives you a bad strikeout call or something like that, don't grab your the bases and take them home. Actually, you probably should with that. And most importantly, don't let people touch you in the wrong places, okay? That's worse than a venom agent. We'll talk to you guys next time. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.